You know, all of us try to be people of faith. We try to be people of courage. We try to be people who trust in God. We try to be people who trust in his ability. But what happens when things don't go so well? All of a sudden, we start to turn in our faith, in our courage, in our trust, and we start to, our knees begin to shake and our doubts begin to rage and the waves begin to pour and all of a sudden panic comes. Panic comes when an unexpected report happens, a, an event happens in our life, a death, a loss, a sickness, unemployment, something chaotic begins to, to start to form in the midst of your well-oiled machine called life. And all of a sudden, fear begins to set in. And if fear is a normal thing, God created it. It's not something that it's, you know, Satan says, hey, I'm just going to invent fear to, to torment people with. No, God created fear because fear is designed to heighten our awareness, to make us focus, to, to give us a sense of clarity in the midst of danger. So fear is a good thing. But sometimes we get gripped with fear and it overwhelms us. And it, it, it happens to all of us. Look at Paul in Acts 27. They're in the midst of this storm, in the midst of this great storm that's going to shipwreck them, and they're, they're just all afraid. And the Bible says, and the angel goes to Paul and says in verse 24, Do not be afraid, Paul. Why would the angel tell him that? Because Paul was afraid. He's afraid. It's a natural thing. You must stand before Caesar. And God will, God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So then what happened after that? Paul all of a sudden has courage. And he says, because he didn't let that fear keep him in that spot. Fear, like I said, is a real emotion. The Webster Dictionary defines it as an unpleasant, often strong emotion that caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Like I said, I don't think fear is a bad thing. It heightens our awareness. It helps us focus. It helps us focus and become alert. But if it's left unchecked, it can drive you into a state of mind that changes you. And if you let fear continue to dwell in your mind, it will begin to change you. And it will drive you into a lifestyle living in fear and worry. All of a sudden, your whole life is all revolved around fear. I want to talk to you in Genesis 32, an example of how fear can change you. Because living in fear has a way of changing the way you think, the way you spend, the choices you make, the way you treat your family, your friends, your work ethic. It affects everything. And fear is something that all of us experience and it makes us act in strange ways. But I want to show you this man named Jacob, who let fear change him. Jacob, the man who stole his brother's birthright, the man who was a mama's boy, right? Because he wasn't the great hunter like his brother Esau. But he was a mama's boy because Isaac loved Esau, man. Isaac loved the man of the woods. He was a hunter. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And that's why he stole his birthright, because Jacob knew how to cook soup. He was a mama's boy. I know how to cook soup too. And yes, I'm a mama's boy. But Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Jacob fled because of his mother's advice because Esau wanted to kill him. And, and Rebecca thought it was just going to be for a few days, but it ended up being a longer time and she would never see Jacob again. 
And, and while he was in hiding, he falls in love with uh, Rebecca, and, but yet he was given over Leah, and so he was working, and through this whole process, he became prosperous. But fear was always behind him. Fear was always in his heart. And he feared his brother Esau. And here's where I want to start in Genesis 32. Jacob also went on his way, and the angel of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Adam. And he instructed him, this is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there until now. I have cattle and donkeys and sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to you, my Lord, that I might find favor in your eyes. And when the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we, weren't, we went to your brother Esau, and now he is coming to meet you with 400 men, and our, with 400 men that are with him. And in great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him in two groups and the flocks and the herds and the camels as well. And he thought if, Jacob, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the other group is left, that is left may escape. So here Jacob comes up with this plan that he is going to pepper Esau with these gifts. And he sends a message to him and Esau now is coming with 400 men on horses. Fear. The first thing is that fear affects the way you think. Verse 7 says, in great, in great fear and distress. In great fear and distress, he's making these decisions. Some people will say, oh, this is a great business technique. He, he had great business skills. No, he's afraid. And because of great fear and distress, verse 8 tells us he thought. He thought, but his thoughts are shaped because of his fear. So the first thing is that fear affects your thinking. Jacob's fear goes much deeper than just one experience. Jacob left in fear and stayed with Laban for years. He must have wanted to go see his mom and his dad. He must have wanted to go back to his land, but he couldn't because he was afraid. He was afraid of Esau. Fear kept him from the life that he wanted and kept him from home. And despite being blessed, despite being prosperous there as he worked and he received his wife and his servants and, and his property, fear kept him from being blessed with it. Fear kept him from being blessed with it. I'm going to let you into a little secret. This is a true story. I hate opening those little things of biscuits by Pillsbury. I hate it. Because as a kid, you know, I would open up those things. You know, you peel off the thing, and they would just, poof. And, and it was like the scariest jack-in-the-box I've ever met. And I hated it. To this day, to this day, when I unpack it, now, praise God, they don't put so much pop in there because you know they used to oh, pop on themselves now you gotta you know hit it on the side or put a little fork and then it'll pop open but these things you would just peel the paper and when you didn't know boom it would happen it freaked me out i was so afraid i liked eating the biscuits i hated unpacking them and i was afraid i i do i just i couldn't stand it, and it but fear if left unchecked will 
affect your thinking. And you'll start to think about diff- things differently. Many times we're so afraid of what's going to happen and it never does. You see, fear is an anticipation of danger. It's to let you know that there may be something dangerous. The, the natural emotion of fear is about letting you know there, there could be something. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but it could be. And if you leave it unchecked, it will affect your thinking. And that's why here, when he started to come up with this plan, it was because in great fear, he made these decisions. In great fear. So it affects the way you think. It also, fear affects your faith. Verse 9 says, Lord, you said, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. And later he said in verse 11, I am afraid Esau will attack me. So here God tells him, go back. I'm going to make you prosper. It's going to be great. But because he was afraid of Esau, he was hesitant. Fear will not only affect the way you think, but will also affect your faith. God told Jacob to return, but he was afraid. God promised he would prosper him even more, but he was afraid. God has been faithful to him in the past, but he was still afraid. In verse 11, he says, Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers of my, the, with their children, that I am afraid. Jacob admitted to God that he was afraid to act on what God asked him to. If you cannot get over your fear, you'll never obey your father completely. Because he is going to ask you to step out in faith sometimes. He is going to ask you to do things that are beyond your understanding. And if you are afraid of it, you're not going to act on it. Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by the anticipation or awareness of danger. And sometimes we are anticipating so much we don't act upon God's direction in our life. Faith is all about confidence. Fear is not. Faith is all about being assured of what you hope for, certain of what you hope for, but faith is not, or fear is not. Fear will eat away at your faith. It will corrode it to the point where you no longer put faith in God. And I think that's why sometimes we really do like routine in our life. We like things to just kind of go the same every day, No big ups or downs, no big distractions or chaos. We just like the rhythm of life. But then all of a sudden something happens and it changes that rhythm. We become afraid because we're used to being confident in the day-to-day routine of life. That was one of the biggest things that was holding me back and taking a step of faith and, and living the way we are living today. I didn't ask God. But he asked me, and when I was afraid, I'll be very honest with you, when the Lord asked me to quit my job that was supporting my family, I remember I was so afraid that Sunday because on Monday I was going to go quit, on, give my resignation, and on Monday, that Sunday, the Sunday before I went and turned in my resignation, that Sunday we received less than $60 in the offering. And I said, God, you're asking me to do something. And I can't take care of my family on $60. And I was afraid. 
but it didn't master me because I had faith. And I'm just telling you that you have to have faith. You cannot let the anticipation stop you from acting upon what God is asking you to do. It affects your thinking. It affects your faith. You know, it also affects your family. And this is one of the things that it affects the people around us. In, verse, in chapter 33, you see that Jacob looked up and there was Esau. Jacob saw his brother coming. And he sees these 400 men and he begins to panic. And out of fear, he begins to divide his family. And he put his servants and children in front. Then he put Leah and her children. Next, he put Rachel and Joseph um, and after them. And, um, and then, like, uh, like good old John Wayne, Mr. Macho, he decides to go last. You know, it's like, hey, you guys go first, you guys go second, you guys go third. And think about the, think about what the family is now thinking. Oh, wait a minute. The servants, he wants us to get slaughtered first. He doesn't care about us. We've been so faithful to him. We worked so hard for him and he doesn't even care about me. What, what do you think Leah is thinking, you know? I knew he didn't love me as much as Rachel, but come on. I'm still his wife. I gave him kids. And how could he treat me like, what is Rachel thinking? Why am I here? What's going on? I thought I, he loved me. He worked 14 years for me. And he's just going to throw me out there? It affects our family. It affects the people around us. How do you explain to them, hey, you know, go ahead, guys, it'll be okay. But he's going to kill us. Ah, you know, probably not. Don't worry about it. You know, how, how, do you, how do you talk to them? It affects our family, and all of a sudden, the anxiety happens. How do you explain that? Could you imagine the stress they were under? Our families need to see us act in faith and confidence in God. I'll tell you. When I was at the height of fear in my life, this was back in 2014, when I was at the height of fear, it affected every aspect of my life, my thinking, my faith, and my family. And it was in that moment I decided I was, going, I was not going to let the moment overwhelm me the anticipation of danger shape the way I think, what I believe, and the people around me. And so I started to write a book about faith. And it's just a private book. I'm not going to try to go and publish it or anything. It was just a private book about faith. And I started to write about all of the things that God promised me. I started to write about the things that I believe God was going to do and is going to do. And I started to write this book and I wrote it. But the difference is this. I did not write it before or after the promises happened. I wrote it while I was going through the moments of fear. I didn't write it after I got the miracle. I didn't write it after all things worked out and I could say, ha ha, see, I know what God told me. I wrote it like when Paul was still in the midst of the storm. I wrote it like Jairus whose daughter just died and Jesus is coming to his house to their dead daughter. I wrote it in the midst of the story. Why? Because I know the author is going to do what he's promised.
But if you allow fear to overwhelm you, you won't be able to write about faith. You wouldn't be able to have clarity of thoughts, and the people around you will be affected by it. I'm not saying everything works out perfectly. My good friend, my pastor for many years, Pastor St. John, I remember coming up to me and he says, Man, Pete, God must be doing miracles for you every week. And I was hurting at the time when he said this. And I looked at him and I said, No. Maybe every other. But no. And he looked at me and I said, God's been good. I said, But if I allow fear to affect my faith, I'll never obey him. So that's why I put my faith in God. God may not do everything that you want him to do or think he should do. It may be completely opposite of you, but his faithfulness you can count on. So even though we anticipate a lot in our life through fear, through thoughts, don't let it affect the clarity of your thinking. Don't let it affect your faith in God. And don't let it affect the people around you. Keep being people of faith. Keep being people who believe that God is still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if he is a God who can save Jacob, if he is a God who can save the slaves in Egypt, if he is a God who can raise his son from the dead, then he surely is a God who can make it happen in your life. So keep believing. Have faith.